You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, welcome to the third episode of Cinema a la Carte, spinoff podcast of dark discussions. Uh, rather than straight genre and horror films that we discuss on dark discussions podcast, Cinema a la Carte is, what is it, Mike? It's a little different. Different from what? <laughs> We're more like every other film podcast out there and less like the uh, every other horror podcast out there. Uh, Dark Discussions is uh, your source for horror film fiction and all that's fantastic and Cinema a la Carte is for the other movies that are not that that's right that's right and uh, before we continue I am one of your co-hosts Philip from the state of New Hampshire in the USFA and with me in the state of Michigan this is Eric Eric how are you sir I am well and in the state of New York hi this is Mike Mike how are you doing tonight other than Amazon giving me a headache because nothing they they send me to reset my password is working, uh, I'm fine. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so, uh, Eric, why why is uh, I mean, Mike kind of said what this podcast is about, this cinema a la carte podcast, but but why are we doing it? Because of you, Phil. Because of you. Well, I, just, it I thought it was because of you, Eric. Because of you. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, let's say it's because of a disagreement that Phil and I had um, as to whether or not as to Tom uh, being an what is franchise counted as a as a as a doc discussion. Well, actually, I was just right about that. But um, <laughs> well, you can general, be you can have a disagreement and be right. Well, true, true. Uh, but that was just that was just the the pinnacle of a long running series of disagreements we had had over uh, what movies are appropriate for dark discussions um, because Phil wanted to talk about pretty much any movie he liked on dark discussions and I was like no it's dark discussions it's got to be dark uh, we're not talking about whatever <laughs> there was, right, there I, was I, one there was one you wanted to do that was like totally not dark in any way shape or form i'm just like what are you talking about no uh, um, what was that uh, what three billboards i think i suggested that one that that, that might have been it but 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 uh, well we had also done like wonder woman black panther yeah not against my wishes fyi um which is why i wanted to create this show so we can do movies like that without tainting dark discussions yeah, but Doc Discussions, he did. Uh, but Doc Discussions is not just horror film, Eric. It's all that's fantastic. Uh, whatever. You know I'm right. Uh, anyway, um, 
uh, our website for this podcast is actually uh, the darkdiscussions.com website rather than create a whole brand new page and all that stuff. Uh, this is a part of, or I guess it, it's a, it's a part of the umbrella of dark discussions. So it'll have its own section on the darkdiscussions.com discussions.com. Uh, th- uh, Page Theoretically, website. for all I know, Phil is just getting on Skype and doing this to make me feel better and not actually recording it, because this is now the third episode that we've quote-unquote recorded, but none of them have yet to be released, so I have no proof of that. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually loading up it with Anthony Thurber's, uh, uh, har, har, Anthony's T's Horror show really? which is uh for dark discussions and when i load that up i'm loading up the first episode of this one all right yeah. i'll keep an eye on yeah. yeah yeah it's always more convenient to do it all at, at once so uh, it's perfect so, time to do it he's he's he's, he's, probably, he's he's loading it up through dial-up so it's gonna take hey. a while hey phil yes what's the date uh today is november 25th 2019 uh so that is uh three days before thanksgiving oh okay thanks I forgot. Yes, uh, for folks who uh, listen to this podcast, uh, a, lot, a lot of listeners of the Dark Discussions podcast like to know when we record our episodes, so that was a good idea to do that here, Eric, very well. Um, now, um, for the or, cinema... Or is he just it, it, going back to the fact that our first episode was recorded back in August? <laughs> Probably. I, I was trying to be positive. Um <laughs> Either, I just want to make way. it clear that he was taking a shot. I, I was actually doing the thing that Phil thought. That's funny, Mike. <laughs> it was a double meaning. Just yes, like yes. Um, so, before we uh, begin, a couple of uh, house cleaning things is simply for new listeners or whatever. Uh, they can find uh, Cinema Alicard and all the podcasts on www.darkdiscussions.com. And what else can they find on that website, Eric? Oh, they can find a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, on the right-hand side of the front page, we have links to friends of the show. Uh, up at the top, we have links to different sections of the website, including the audio link where you can find every episode of Dark Discussions, as well as any of the spinoffs available for download for free. Bound to find something you like there. There's an articles section where you can read articles written by myself as well as others. And on the front page, front and center, there's a link to our Patreon account. Patreon is an online service that lets you support your online artists. Uh, producing these podcasts is not free to do. Uh, we have to pay for things like web serving and, and blown up computers and things like that. So if you'd like to help support us, you can follow that link on our front page of darkdiscussions.com or go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions. For every $5 a month that you care to donate, you'll have the opportunity to submit a topic for us to possibly cover on the show. We take all submissions, all submissions from our patrons and draw them randomly on a quarterly basis. For more details, you can follow the link on the front page or go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions. Excellent. Very well. Um, and we do have an email, darkdiscussions at aol.com, and a Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast uh, Facebook group. So uh, for the cinema a la carte, if you have any interest to discuss things with your co-host or email us that's how you would do it uh the dark discussions podcast facebook group has a lot of stuff uh being talked about including um things like uh the the pushback of godzilla versus king kong to the end of 2020 um of various other news like the mandalorian tv show i'm a mandalorian i'm sorry the what 
uh, the Star Wars track. What, what's that Star Wars show called, Mike? Mandalorian. 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 That's it. Yes. yes. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, discussion. Half there. man, half Delorean. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the French, though English language uh, film uh, Revenge. Someone just posted that uh, their review of the movie on the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. So there's been discussion on that. So there's a lot of good stuff going on over there. Um, so check us out there and email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. And if you have anything interesting, uh, we usually uh, read pretty much all your emails on the podcast. So we will do that for Cinema a la carte as well. Um, all right. So I think uh, we pretty much uh, get into our topic tonight. Uh, so, uh, Eric, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight was Phil's choice. And we're going to discuss a movie called Starlet, directed and written by Sean Baker. What? No, I speak correctly. If Phil wants to mangle the title, he can do it on his own time. (laughs) Over to you, Phil. Hey, how much is this one? No refunds. Thank you. Say you found like a lot of money, and you're pretty sure you know whose it is, and you're pretty sure that he or she has no idea that they ever had it. What would you do? Hey, do you remember me? I bought the thermos from you. What's wrong? My cab's gone. Well, I can give you a ride. No, no problem. I won't take no for an answer. So what do you do? What do you mean? What do I do? No, it's like fun. Hi. What are you doing here? Bingo. Get up and hold my face. Play with my board. Okay, open your eyes. Huh? Looks like a legit strip club in here, doesn't it? The pleasure to meet Jane's grandmother. She's not my grandmother. So were you ever married? Yeah. Do you have children? What's up with the old lady? Somebody I'm helping out. Helping with what? She's not your friend. You're okay, right? I can't believe you thought I would leave you. The best part is right here. Bingo! Woo! Bingo! Bingo! You are one tough cookie to read. Stop, 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 that's it. Do you back up a little tiny bit? That's too much. <laughs> uh, that's right, uh, style it, uh, with my Boston <laughs> accent. I pronounce it a little differently than most people. Uh, is, as uh, Eric uh, stated, a uh, film by Sean Baker, uh, Academy Award-nominated uh, filmmaker for uh, The Florida Project, also well-known for the film Tangerine, and then, of course, uh, this film here, Starlet, uh, among others. Uh, the film was uh, released in uh, 2012, and it stars a uh, fairly unknown cast at the time, uh, really only four people. Uh, Dree Hemingway, who is the great-granddaughter of uh, the famous author, as well as the daughter 
of um, Mario Hemingway and the niece of Margot Hemingway. Um, at the time, she was 23 when this film was uh, made. Uh, Bazetka Johnson is her co-star, uh, 87-year-old woman who went came to Hollywood 50 years ago uh, to be an actress. Couldn't break in, so she opened up a, a clothing boutique. And then at the age of 87, while she was doing laps at uh, Gold's Gym, uh, a producer of this film saw her and asked her to try out for the role. And she got it, her one and only role because she passed away a year and a half after the film was done. And then uh, Stella Maeve, who's uh, pretty well known for uh, some television. And then James Ransone, who uh, actually just had a, a pretty break, big breakout role uh, in It Chapter 2. Uh, and that's pretty much the, the, the cast. And, of course, uh, Booney, who uh, is the dog Starlet in the film, uh, who is actually Sean Baker's dog, um, who played the role. Uh, and that's it. So uh, that's the five members of the cast, and that's pretty much it. Uh, most of the people that worked on the film are basically the same people that work on almost every film by Sean Baker. Uh, and so forth. Uh, so that's pretty much all I got here. And I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Mike. I heard about it because you told me about it. All right, very well. And I had not heard about it until last week or what, last month, last year, whenever it was we did the last episode. That still hasn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had not heard about it. I knew nothing about it. Uh, uh, lo and behold, it's about a hot chick with a with a pet rat. Um, uh, no, this is a no. This is the kind of movie that once upon a time I would have watched. Now I generally don't because life's too short, um, and I tend to just I stop trying to watch movies to, to to watch them and just started looking for the movies I tend to prefer to enjoy. But it's not bad to every now and then stretch your horizons and go back and try something that otherwise you wouldn't have watched. Um, and it's not a bad movie. It's a, it's a fairly quiet drama. Um, some decent character work. Uh, a little slow, a little long. Uh, I think it could have shaved off a few minutes. Uh, a little bit less bingo. Um, but decent performances, decent writing. Um, if you like a nice indie drama, this is a good one to try. All right. Very good. Uh, Eric. Uh, I also heard about this because you told me, um, this, this movie wasn't for me. Um, I, I enjoyed the Florida project and I can tell that this was made by the same guy. Um, the movie's made with skill, and I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the movie. It's just not my bag. Um, so yeah, I was I was pretty bored while I was watching this movie. Uh, I thought it was too slow. I didn't really like any of the characters, um, and not really enough happened to keep me entertained. Which is kind of like Mike was alluding to why I generally watch movies these days. Um, but that being said. Um, this movie is pretty highly regarded by critics and it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm saying I didn't enjoy it personally just cause it's not my thing. All right. Very good. You didn't think um, you didn't like any of the characters. Nah, not particularly. Huh. 
It is interesting. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, but we'll uh, discuss that uh, when we talk about the film. Um, yeah, for me, um, I forget generally how I, I heard about the film. Um, uh, but generally, when even though I, I don't like um, the Oscars, um, I do usually uh, peek at what they choose uh, and then do research on, on those films. And, and then Sean Baker um, popped up as a curiosity and so I, I looked through his uh, filmography and uh i saw this film uh so this was like, what two three years ago uh saw that this film existed and uh so i bought the blu-ray because music box is the company that released it, and they're pretty good they usually they usually have some solid stuff and so i bought the blu-ray uh completely um blind and um um, like Mike, uh, this is the type of film that I generally used to watch all the time. Uh, I like bathe myself in things like uh, Ann Tyler novels and um, her adaptions, such as um, Accidental Tourist and things of that nature. And, and those are the type of films that I've, I generally like in the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s, uh, and still do when, when they do pop up here and there. Uh, so th this was right in my wheelbarrow. Um, and so I, I highly enjoyed the film. I've, I've watched it three times now. I watched it when I bought the Blu-ray, then I watched it again um, last uh, 2018 because uh, I wrote a review for Cinema Knife Fight when I used to write for them uh, online, the, uh, the, the blog that now um, unfortunately uh, is now defunct. Um, and then uh, I watched it again for this episode of the podcast, and each time um, it still is a solid film to me, a film that I enjoyed tremendously. Um, I, uh, like I said, uh, have a, uh, I guess, a soft spot for this type of um, personal drama, human interest, literary type of filmmaking and uh so i would uh say it's a it's a top-notch film for me uh that's probably the reason why films like uh that would be covered in dark discussions possibly like take shelter and things of that nature always are my favorite films it's because they are basically uh genre films of this type of uh genre itself which is uh literary and whatnot so uh i recommend and a big thumbs up for me um, all right, so, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki for this? Wiki, wiki! All right. I lost it. Here, here it is. Okay. Uh, an unlikely friendship forms between a 21-year-old Jane and the elderly Sadie after Jane discovers a hidden stash of money inside an object at Sadie's yard sale. All right, very good. Um, that's, that's fair, because that happens at the eight-minute mark. Um, and so it's not like a spoiling the film. Uh, when I first watched the film, and if you read a lot of reviews, a lot of reviews are very careful because there's a another big uh, reveal, reveal yeah. yeah, around the 50 minute mark, um, and and so forth. And so there, there's a uh, a lot of things that are are interesting, and I'm glad they that wiki is uh is pretty basic. Spoiler free, yeah. Yeah, spoiler free. Exactly. Um, all right, sounds good. So uh, you talk about a big reveal. Wait, 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 when you talk about a big reveal, are you talking about her job? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a big reveal or not. Well, uh, um, it was supposed to be. 
Yeah, it was uh, based off of the reviews uh, and what Sean Baker and the producers and the and the co-writer. Um, yeah, it was it was supposed to um, because this film is also trying to have a statement on uh, certain professions and as well as just not just the the relationship between the two people uh, that co-star in the film. Um, it's now Starlet uh, has received fairly good reviews um, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and everywhere. Um, it is 89% good reviews, and that's out of a lot of reviews, too. Uh, um, let me see here. So Sean Baker was, was, was well-known um, in the indie circuits, and uh, the film did win a, a huge award um, during the, its um, premiere. And I forget what it was called. What it was? It was a, some of the, one of the indie spirits or something like that. But it's, it's considered pretty big, and it, and it was played at South by Southwest and in all these other places. So it really got a lot of prestigious um, uh, recognition at important conventions, rather than just you know the the Joe's convention in in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, what do we want to discuss before we get into the spoiler alert uh, uh, and talk about everything and anything? Uh, anything uh, in the air? What's what's? Uh, I, I don't know, Eric. Okay, could you answer Mike's question? Uh, um, why you didn't like any of the characters without spoiling anything? Uh, not without spoiling anything. No. Okay. So I'll get into it later. Uh, I will. I will say that I watched this with my friend Dan, and he liked it much better than I did. He thought it was a pretty good movie. Is it? Is it because oh, this she is keeps a damn rat movie with for her? Sure. Sorry, Mike, what was that? Is it because she keeps a rat with her all the time? <laughs> no. That's why you didn't like her? Because it's a filthy, unclean animal? <laughs> Believe it or not, no. I actually, for a little dog, that dog was pretty chill. Large rat. Yeah, well, 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 that's the thing, is that, that when you group all little dogs as bad that's wrong because there's a lot of little, you're thinking of the fluffy weirdo dogs, but the ones that are hounds. I, uh, when I think of little, I, I think of the chihuahua that my friend Scott had when I was growing up, which was a yippy little annoying thing that I wanted to punt because it would come running out at me every time I went over to his house. That's okay, what I think makes, of when, I, when we talk about little dogs. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and uh, that was, I was traumatized. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Mike, Mike's, uh, racism and bigotry against is small perfectly dogs. justified. Yes. No. Yes. So. <laughs> no. It's no. a rat. No, no, no. That, that was that was a, a relaxed dog. That was a pretty pretty solid dog. The dog in this movie was pretty chill. Yeah. It's um, a big dog. You know he's uh, yipping his mouth off every two minutes when he's not on camera. <laughs> uh, no, no. Actually, uh, Sean Baker, um, when he was doing the commentary, because I, I listened to the commentary uh, uh, yesterday, um, his dog is in the background, and you can hear him chewing like the, one of the squeaky toys. And he actually specifically stated that his dog doesn't really bark that much. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's one of those guys that gets his dog's vocal cords cut. I got it. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, with the little dog <laughs> jokes, which if you knew it was someone, coming, Phil, you knew it. Was yeah, coming. but so, I mean, it's, it's just. <laughs> anyway, you asked for it. I'm sorry, you walked headfirst into this one. <laughs> Let me not only have a movie with a little dog, a movie named after a little dog. 
with an R well, in it. Well, to be honest, there's, there's only been two two people I, I actually have known who continuously hop on this little dog thing in my entire life, and it's just you two. No one else. <laughs> well, it's not, so, so it's not our fault you don't have any other friends. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is very odd. Anyway, um... Uh, so what else uh, can we talk about prior to, uh, you know, going into the film? Well, the, 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 look, the basic thing about the film is that it's a young woman, younger woman. I don't know how old she is. I'm guessing early 20s. Uh, yeah, well, in real life, she was 23 at the time. Or Drew, Drew I mean, Drew, Drew Hemingway was, was 22 at the time. Or 23, something like that. Who strikes up kind of an odd friendship with an older woman. Uh, and... And it's really just more or less the exploration of that relationship. Um, there is more to it than that, but that, like, how do they get to become friends? Uh, who wins bingo and who doesn't win bingo and whatever. Um, and is the dog allowed on the couch or not? All that, or, you know, that's all spoiler territory. Um <laughs> Along with other relationships that she has with her coworkers and her roommates. Um, now I don't know about the actresses in the movie, uh, but I do know um, James Ransone, uh, the male roommate. Yep, is a is, is a fairly well known to me character actor. Uh, well, yeah, he had that, like I said, he had that big breakout with it too this year. Was yeah, he was in it too. Um, he's been on a lot of TV. Uh, Sinister, like yeah, he was in. He was so deputy so and so in Sinister One and Sinister Two. Right. Um, he was in The Wire like and he was in Generation Kill and Treme and other things. Uh, Bosch, a few other TV series. So yeah, he's been around a bit. Um. So he's probably the most familiar face in this movie, at least as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about the two actresses. Um, if they've done other things outside of this, besides the other things we've seen them do inside of this. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they uh, uh, haven't done as much, that's for sure. That, um, which was just kind of odd, because um, after this film, you, you would think... Uh, especially Dree uh, Hemingway uh, could have had a huge breakout, uh, but um, both she and her roommate in the film Stella Maeve um, have not had that career that uh, Ramzone has had, which is kind of odd. I felt, um, and then of course Badesca Johnson, you know, she. Well, oh, look, she's got a hell of a. She's actually got a fairly long <laughs> list on IMDb. I was waiting for you to finish that sentence. Well, uh, no, that is true. I mean, but, but I mean, a number of their shorts, TV movies. Um, so she has done other things. They may be not leading roles. Maybe they are. But I haven't heard of most of these movies. Um, I don't know about the friends. There's sometimes there's a risk in being the really annoying friend. Because people assume you're just as annoying in real life and don't want to hire you. Uh, but no, she's on the Magician's TV series. She looks to be fairly uh, uh, regular on it. Because she's been in 52 episodes of it. Yeah, still in yeah. That's correct. Yeah, uh, yeah which is a, uh, what do you call, sci-fi, I think, original. 
Or yeah, was it yeah. Sci-Fi? She, she's, at, she's actually a, a co-star. Uh, was it a, co- a co-star of that show, as a matter of fact. Yep. So actually, yeah, she seems like she's had more of a career than than the lead than has. The lead. Well, and uh, and the uh, actress who plays the old lady uh, died after the film was released. So uh, her career's kind of stalled a bit. That's correct. And uh, Booney's done nothing. Right, right. I, I don't even know if Booney is still alive at this point because uh, that was seven years ago, the film, you know, and dogs. He could have been who knows how old Booney was at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was actually kind of surprised. I drew drew Dree Hemingway is, is done fairly well as as a model, um, but and, and obviously she comes from a, a fairly well to do family. Uh, but uh, after this role where she literally like hit it out of the ballpark at the age of twenty two, twenty three as a leading actress. Um, since then, yeah, her, her acting career has been mostly supporting roles and things of that nature, which, uh, is kind of surprising. Uh, she does turn 32 in December 4th, it says here. So, you know, since the age of, so the past, what, 10, 10 years or so, she, or eight years or whatever it is, uh, she's, yeah, yeah, she, she, she didn't have that huge breakout that I would have guessed had I seen this film in 2012. At least in my opinion, I, I don't know um, what you guys would think. I mean, she she has a. Well, this of a wasn't a film in like the, the uh, what was the other film the, the 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 other films that this guy did? I've heard of. I had never heard of Starlet. So this wasn't a big breakout film. It was well reviewed, but it didn't seem to get like nominated for big awards. It, it didn't get the same amount of press coverage uh, as the other guys' other films did. So. You know, there's only there's only so much you um, would have expected to her to, to break out from. Um, I, I think she's fine in this film for what she's asked to do. Um, but I, it's also not a role that necessarily blew me away. All right, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I, I would have I would have thought she this could have been a type of role that would have led to um, either bigger roles or, or a starring role in TV, if, if not films itself. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's hundreds of actresses that do indie films and only a handful really ever make it. So um, no matter how, you know, how good of a performance. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, even though um, it is somewhat surprising, I feel. Or unfortunate. Maybe that's a better term, unfortunate. Because I, I think uh, she could have been a big star in the last 10 years. Um, but anyway. Um, let's see. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up before we uh, throw up the spoiler alert? Anyone? All right. So uh, we will throw up the spoiler alert, and we will dissect and critique and talk about anything and any everything about the film um and so forth so uh uh just to start it off um to get to that eight minute mark where the wiki was talking about um there's a girl uh 22 23 year old girl that lives uh with a couple of roommates a, a guy and a, another girl who appear to be dating uh she wants to change up her bedroom and her um, roommate says, yeah, you probably just want to 
not like do any painting or anything like that, you know, because uh, my my uh, our roommate needs to to use the room for 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 some work stuff. So she says she'll just go and get um, knickknacks and whatnot and uh, go to that. That's what's that Swedish store that everyone talks about? IKEA. IKEA, yeah. She mentions IKEA, and her roommate mm-hmm. says, "No, nah, just go to yard sales, you know, grab whatever." And so that's what she does. And she goes to a number of yard sales, and one of the yard sales she goes to, she finds a thermos, pretty big one, kind of fancy, and wants to use it as a uh, vase because it's kind of has an intricate um, design on the outside of it. And uh, when she comes home, to, she fills it up with water. She tries to shove the flowers, stems into the thermos, and something's blocking her ability to do so. See, she turns the thermos over and dumps it out with a small hole and just keeps on shaking it. And then uh, rolls of uh, uh, $100 bills fall out, uh, 10 of them, a uh, total of $10,000. And uh, that's pretty much the setup of the film right there at the beginning. So, uh, all right. So, um, yeah, I was actually confused at first as to where, like, I, I, I must have went away because I saw the money. I hadn't realized that was the first time she'd opened up the thermos vase. Right. So it took me a minute to realize that this is the first time she'd opened it. And therefore that was the old lady's money or hypothetically the old lady's money, wherever the old lady had gotten it. So I had been mildly confused by that. I don't know why I was confused by that. I really shouldn't have been. Right. Yeah, I mean that that was um the the thing is that she rem- obviously there was the, the biggest scene through the montage of yard sales was basically her argument with the the old lady that was selling the thermos um where she said she could use it as a face and the and the woman says that's crazy. It's a thermos and and so we kind of um kind of remembered that part of the montage a little more. So when she does fill uh, up the water and, and finds the, the money in the thermos. Uh, we remember where she got it. And this whole film takes place in the San Fernando Valley, which I guess is considered the middle class uh, section of the LA suburbs in a sense. Like, like if you go over the hills of Beverly Hills on the other side is this Valley and it's called San Fernando Valley. Um, Again, though, this is this is just from listening to the commentary because I, I know absolutely nothing about Southern California. I've never been there. It's sunny. Uh, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's discuss the money. So she finds the money and she talks to her roommate, and she without uh, like making it as a little story. Like now, have you ever found ten thousand dollars? And you know whose it is. So you know, transparent. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, well, it was bad. Yeah, well, the roommate kind of figured it out that it was transparent, too. But um, the point but is... at the same is, time, the roommate was pretty freaking stupid herself. And they were like, all horrible people. For it. Well, just because you're stupid doesn't mean you're horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're, they're, they were horrible people. Uh, obviously, the roommate was... The most horrible, based off of her final action in the film. Yeah. They're all but, mentally unstable, though. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, she's. I don't know. I don't know if she's 
she's worse or the boyfriend's worse or male roommate, whatever it is. Because <laughs> he was a bit, he was definitely a dick. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it was boyfriend, manager, uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I mean, he didn't really do anything in the film that was mean, though he did a few things that were stupid. That's for sure. He was um, kind of a general dick. Dick. Yeah. I mean, like, like when she has the line, uh, what's her name? Jane. And Which one? Those are Katie Pooh. Yeah, yeah, Jane. Uh, Jane is because so I, I like to give people cute nicknames, not like some people who just like to call you bitch. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get the sense he's a bit of an ass. Sure, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I won't really defend him that much, but uh, on a, generally, I didn't have any problems with him except that he, he was—he's kind of stupid with money, obviously. And, um, well, and let's not forget his gift to the girls. That's what I mean. Which he, was, he was stupid with the money. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, uh, no, no. Stupid with money is buying them like ridiculously expensive jewelry that he can't afford. That's bad with money. Uh, what he did was just, just selfish and stupid. Um, it's you know buying himself something he wants and saying it's for the girls more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so basically, the question is: Is it morally? Is she morally responsible to return the money or not? And does she want to or not? And based off of her actions, she decides that she wants to return the money because. Um, in my opinion, Eric, even though you don't, I guess, like this character either, uh, Jane, who's played by Tree Hemingway, um, she has guilt that she has all this money and decides to return it to the, the woman because it appears the woman obviously didn't know the money was in the thermos. Didn't try that hard. And... Uh, yeah, but she was also dealing with an, uh, the old woman was... look. I, the, the old woman's going to be that much of a bitch to me when I get there. Uh, I, I may just turn around and walk away and say you get what you deserve. Um, well, and that's sure. why I didn't like anybody in this movie. Okay, because here's here's my thing. All right, because you, you two were puzzled when I said that earlier. Because the old lady's really bitchy a lot of the time. Um, and then Jane shows up to try and return the money, and the lady's like, no refunds. And she didn't even say anything like, I don't want a refund. Um, she's just like walks away and then well, the instead of being a reasonable person about this situation and going back and try it again, she tries to, she starts trying to insert herself in this old lady's life. She like gets her cab to go away to, to fool her into getting into her car. It's fucking creepy. If I was this old lady, I would have called the cops on this woman. Uh, so she's just she like totally forcing herself into her life. Uh, you wouldn't and... have faced her? <laughs> Maybe. Well, and that's the thing. That was completely justified. She was being creepy. Well, uh. here's the thing. I, I, They're lacking. Well, certainly the, the uh, Jane is lacking in social skills. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a problem. She's trying to find out because actually, uh, Michelle... Um, yeah, uh, Melissa. Melissa. Melissa actually gave 
a halfway decent argument as to the money, which is, does the person need the money? Right. And she's trying to find out whether or not she needs the money. She needs the money. Because let's be honest, 99% of the population, if they found that $10,000 and they knew who it belonged to, wouldn't want to return the money. They may do it anyway. Right. About well, hey, that would be about who doesn't want ten thousand three percent of that ninety nine percent, but they would. But you know, so she doesn't want to do it, but she's at least willing to do it, right? And she's kind of looking for an excuse to not give it back. And but even though, like, she had no reason to have to go back there and try to make friends with this lady, so I give her credit for. Just not doing what I probably would have done, which was, in fairness, I would have wanted to give the money back, but someone's going to be a complete ass to me. Well, then, fuck you. Uh, now, admittedly, it's not a little old lady that that really could turn up my guilt knobs a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. That's me. I, I also, maybe I just would have still said, well, screw you because <laughs> you're being a total bitch. Um, you know, I'm trying to do something nice for you and you won't let me, um, I don't know. I don't know how exactly I would respond. I, but I could see myself doing either one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, um, and I don't know ladies, you know, she's an old lady. She's an old lady. She's lonely. She's by herself. She's a little cranky. Old ladies can get like that. Old people in general. So leave the thermos and, and walk away. You think somebody's really going to come up to the porch and steal the thermos? They don't know what's in it. Well, yeah, yeah but I, I, I don't think that's the intent, right? I mean, she wanted to basically let the woman know that I have your thermos and I found this money in it. And so just leave yeah, so it. Why didn't she say anything? Well, I, again, she. Social she's skills aren't her strong suit. Right. I'm, well, Sam, I'm just her. saying. She's not but, comfortable having conversations when people have their clothes on. <laughs> um but uh you know honestly uh i you have a fair point there she could have just screamed out I, there's there was i found money in the in the thermos or something of that right. nature but again i mean that that's logically what most people would do however i think there's an emptiness in her life for a mother figure because as we we get two hints about the mother one the mother lives in like Tallahassee or Jacksonville Florida on the other side of the country and doesn't want to move out there and then when her roommate is crushing uh, a pill um to to take and I think it was just over the counter stuff to be honest but um the thing was, is that she says, my mother, be careful with that. She says to the roommate, uh, Melissa, because my mother takes 10, ten of those a day and I can see what it does to you. So we can gather that Jane comes from a, a home where the mother has been somewhat distant. And so she's looking for more. And this being the guilt that she has with the money gives her an excuse to also not re- just return the f- money or use the money for the old woman if, if she doesn't want to actually tell the old woman she has the money. 
but she can at get something more out of this, which is maybe a female figure in her life that's older that she can get uh, love from or, or acceptance from or or whatnot. And then also, I think she's also doing the um, trying to save the the bitter old lady lady thing too. You know, you know, you've seen guys, I'm sure yeah. that dated girls that are damaged because they feel that it's their life to try to help the girl, you know, and whatever. And and this is I kind of that's the yeah. reason, but sure. Um, yeah. I mean, and also there's some people who just like, when you ask about why she didn't shout, some people just freeze up when they're put on the spot. Sure. You know, they, 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 so they not everybody just throws themselves and talks on podcasts a couple of times a week yeah. and true, but you know, and, at our, the and, same our, time, and our, and our, Outgoing, At the same time, like not only did she not try initially, but she had any opportunity, any number of opportunities to say something later, and she never did. Well, because at that point, she because because let's let's be honest, like I said, and the relationship was ruined. Well, she doesn't want to give the money back, and she's trying to see if the old lady needs the money. And once she finds out, but and the old she, lady says, "I have," she more clearly for doesn't need it because she's just got it hiding in the closet. Her dog's playing with it. Well, she's trying to decide what to do with the money. And by the way, let me say this. That was the dumbest thing. Because you know why? Because she's a woman. And you know what the woman's right. doing? I was thinking that too, Mike. Yep. She's living with another woman. And you know what yep. women do all the time? Steal they, they clothes. Yeah. Steal each other's clothes. Yep. That is the one thing you don't do is you put it in a boot that this you know, downstairs mm. tramp might decide to just put on the boot and go walking around because she needs it because she had to go behind some down books. to the store to find, <laughs> buy some feminine hygiene products or something. And she's going to wonder after why, because she wasn't that bright. After walking halfway down to the store, she's going to wonder why the boot's so uncomfortable and then empty it out and notice that there's $10,000 in bills. In uh, she, she really wasn't that stupid. She, she was, no, she was, I, she was in, head, in a sense, but she wasn't completely. Well, the stupid. problem is she's, she was she's a, on drugs. She was a complete mess. Yeah. She's a mess. She's 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 a mess. Her judgment yeah, is seriously what you call a hot mess. Yeah. Uh, right, right. But also the, another thing too about Jane is if she suddenly after hanging out with the older woman for the week, and if she suddenly brings up, up the fact that oh the only reason I, I'm I'm talking to you was because I had this money and I was guilty and blah blah, immediately the woman's going to say give me the fucking money and get the hell out of my house, and at that point. And also, like that's I said, that's the way it should go. Well, that's but that's the thing is that, like I said, is that that Jane I think was looking for more than just returning the money. At that point, she was also looking for a figure that either she could help or a figure that could give her um, her needed, I guess. Uh, Motherly, so she's completely selfish. She stole the money and tricked her into a friendship. <laughs> well, it depends on on on. Well, I think her how, feelings how, at how that point were genuine. You are. She yeah. she, and you're and I don't think she's nearly that self aware, right? I don't think she's gone to therapy <laughs> and found out she's searching for a mother figure. Yeah, um, she's she she's someone who just has found something in this woman. That she is uh, probably platonically retracted to, right? There's something. 
There's a connection there. And she had every reason then in the world when the old lady says, I have all the money I could ever want to go, oh, fuck it. Based on the fact that she's accepting the sage moral advice from her roommate, Melissa, that she should only give the money back if the person really needs the money. We now know the poor woman doesn't need the money. She has no reason to give the money back. And yet she still chooses to kind of be friends with her. Right. Um, and, and, I, and I think, see, and that's, to me, that is a redeeming trait. To me, have started out badly. Uh, why she was doing it. But it got better. She's and I think she becomes something of a better person and the old lady becomes a bit of a better person because they get to know each other, which in theory is how it's supposed to work. Not at all like it is with the three of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Mike, and, and, and I, I have to I agree with you on a lot of things here because um, for, first off, the moment she has guilt even though she didn't do anything wrong, she just bought a thermos and just happened to find money in it. But either way, she has guilt that she has this money that technically wasn't part of the deal. That alone was enough to make me know, even if she didn't give back the money, that she's not a bad person. Uh, And and legally, I'm pretty sure legally she's entitled to that money. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I don't know the, the, specific specific statutes of how it works in California, you know, I'm still not wrong statutes. about anything I've said. No, well, but I don't think that they're unlike people. Yeah, I think you're exactly. I think you're deliberately looking at all the bad things and ignoring the good things that they say and do. Exactly. Yeah. I'm 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 treating life as it should be treated. Well, no, I no, think no. Maybe you're, you're treating life as how it is. is. You're treating life as how it is. Hope However, is the root of all disappointment. But it shouldn't be that way. And but this film is. is showing that it doesn't have to be that way. But you clearly have, are, 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 have not been paying attention to the good life. <laughs> or the good place, rather. <laughs> the, the good what? The, the good, good place. place. It, is, it is the anti-Eric show. I actually love it. Oh, it's a great show. But anyway, it's a show that it's... That that's written as the anti Seinfeld episode, where the Seinfeld episode is about terrible people who never learn anything. The entire point of the show, The Good Place, is that there are four terrible people who learn. do nothing but learn to be better people. Right, right. Well, and, and, that's, it's, and, it, and it's surprisingly funny. It's it's a good show. Right. Well, and, and to be honest, I okay. The old woman is a jerk at first, but she's not a bad person. She just wants to be left alone. Yeah, I'm that old lady. She's Eric. Exactly. That's you. I just don't have yard sales because I'm not allowed to in my condo complex. There you go. Um, And you know why? Because condo complexes suck. Well, except I don't have to shuttle. So, haha. So, so Jane, she is not a bad person at all. She does nothing in this film. I I would leave off the at all. I'm not going to say she's a horrible person, but she's definitely not perfect. I didn't say she's perfect, but if there's if, a, there's a middle ground. If, right, right. But I, if, if you had to go, one is a good human being and 10 is an evil human being. I would put her closer to the one, much closer to the one than the 10. I'd put her in the middle somewhere. 
yeah, the, the way she I mean, starts with her friendship with that old lady is fucking psychotic. Yeah, but that's not her fault. It's absolutely her fault. She just wants to be friends with the woman. Yeah, so, so through through trickery and deceit. But that's yeah. not evil. It wasn't like she was evil though. You're making trick trickery and deceit. Black little uh, white lies aren't necessarily pure evil. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think sending somebody else's cab away is a good it thing. Is, it, is, it is definitely weird and creepy, and she's totally <laughs> deserved getting the mace in the face. Yes. But but that but it wasn't any... All she did was not to be evil, though. Yeah, no, you, you really start manipulating somebody play. like that. <laughs> I didn't say it was, it was correct to do that. But I, I'm saying that it wasn't. She no, I mean, look, it was not evil. It's, it's not like she went over to her house and changed the settings on her TV. You know, it's <laughs> it's not that kind of evil. Um, you know, but it's it's it's. it's, 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 it's I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to use the word evil. That's that's the wrong word. Um, yeah. I, I don't think she's a villain. I don't think she's evil. But. Uh, is the way she goes about this is fucked up. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, it's it's lying. It's 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 lying, deceit, manipulation when it's not necessarily necessary. <laughs> right. Uh, she's, she's she's completely forcing herself into this woman's life. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But but she would. She was willing in a to dishonest way. She was willing to walk away after she got maced. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it was the other the woman came back and called her back and got, brought her back into her her yeah, life. So, so. It's a dysfunctional relationship. Oh, absolutely. It's a codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I just looked at it as some young, naive, twenty-two-year-old woman who saw uh, who who got money, felt guilty. Tried to return it, saw this bitter old woman, and decided I'm not going to allow this bitter old woman to be this way, and I'm going to change her. And while well, doing it, that, and, and here's my question: what, of it what you just said is that she wasn't going to allow her to be that way. Who has the right to allow somebody else to be the way they are? That's fucked up. Yeah, I, I see. I see where you're getting, but I, I honestly don't see any mal- true malicious. There is, there is nobody that told the little I, old lady I, to pick up the phone, right, and call her. She's trying right. to help right. a woman that she perceives as being kind of lonely and kind of sad, and maybe could use a friend. And she could be completely wrong, in which case she could totally go all Eric Webster on her. <laughs> And just say, hot young blondes suck. Little dogs suck. Get the fuck away from me, you crazy psycho bitch. Because I have another can of mace with your name on it. There you go. She could have done that. That's how the movie should have ended. She could have done that. I, I, I'm not I with... Mean, I'm look, not you already maced Abe at the last time we got together at Mystic. I mean... <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing. You guys around? People are rotten. And you're absolutely uh, you're allowed to disagree with me. I'm just trying to make sure you see the point I'm making. I, I do. But okay. no, it's, a, it's a very dishonest and deceitful way to start this off. There is no question about it. But the that's the that's the point I'm trying to make. But she's also I would my argument to that. It's coming from a good place. 
right. And she is a woman who is clearly not right. What do you mean? You know, and I mean, I mean, not that she's wrong. I mean, she's obviously in some ways uh, stunted she's in her development. Old. She's old. No, not the old one. I'm talking, oh, about, you're the talking young... about Jane. Jane. Okay, sorry. I'm saying she's clearly emotionally problematic, right? She's okay. She's, yeah, yeah. So she's maybe not been taught the finer points of of. Uh, of of etiquette when it comes to things okay. like that. I'll, all right, I'll I'll give some ground here. I'm just I'm like I said, and you know, and again, there are so many worse things that she could have done, and we know what would have happened had could have brought a little dog out of her house. Oh wait, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, put her on I, the I, couch I, with that. I, I, I still don't understand any any of these these. Little dog attacks. I just don't get it. But anyway, continue. <laughs> That's uh, all right. yeah, Mike and I reviews. That's what's important. Yeah. But uh, Ziggy, whatever the guy's name is, Michael. Was it Michael? Who are you talking about? The the, the guy in the in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike. His name yeah, Mike. was Mikey. 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 Yeah. Mikey. All right. I mean, Mikey. Mikey was a dick. You know that if he had had the $12,000 or $10,000, not only would he have taken the $10,000, he would have gone over and tried to find more. Yeah, okay. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, guess, she, I mean, he hasn't, we didn't have to see him do any of that. He wasn't in the opportunity, but all right, he would be part of the 99% that would, yeah, keep the money, I guess, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I well, he's also yeah. there's also the situation with uh, oh, what's her name, Melissa. That is Melissa. Melissa's the roommate, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, uh, or Zayna, the situation Zayna, with Zayna Melissa's Zayna car, uh, how it gets repoed, uh, and she can't afford to to make the payment on it, and yet this guy's clearly got all sorts of money because we see him spending it later, uh, and yet he does nothing to stop it, and when. Jane thinks the car is getting stolen. He's just like, no, 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 no. It's just getting repoed. And he knew it was going to happen and he did not care. (laughs) Well, he has, you have the line, right? Where, uh, she's saying she's giving him all his money in all her money. Cause he's as tough as he's doing with it. You know, he's just taking her money and spending it. Yeah. You know, so she's a dimwit and naive and strung out and he's totally taking advantage of her. Mm -hmm. And the reason he's doing it is because he can. Because right. she's yeah. a dimwit and she's naive and she's strung out. Strung At the out? same time, though, it's it's working against him in that uh, she's gotten to a point where she can't sustain her career and bring in any more money for him to spend. And so he tries to kind of fix that situation and, and fails. And we ultimately don't know what happens to her. And that's okay with me. She can go fuck herself as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right, well, right, right. I mean, the movie isn't really her movie or Mike's movie. They just happen right. to be roommates. And so when um, Jane eventually moves out, their story pretty much ends because mm-hmm. they're not part of the... I mean, because the story is basically 90% Jane's point of view and 10% everybody else. And, and out of that 10%, 9 is is the old lady. 1% is Melissa because when Melissa goes to get her money from her boss. And that's it. Everything else is, is Jane's perspective uh, pretty much. So 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, who cares? Like you said, who cares about what happens to those other characters? Obviously, I, I was hoping they would be redeemable, but unfortunately, bitterness and stupidity overcome uh, logic and common sense and good-heartedness. As in life. Indeed. Well, and and that's what makes Dree, uh, Jane and the old lady, Sadie, more impressive in my opinion is because they can step over that crap, as you said, Eric, you know, such as life, and be different. They can look at the world in better ways than, than most people. Yes. They can be unrealistic. Well, they can try they can try to be better people, and I think that's the difference. You right. know, is that that uh, Sadie and Jane are trying to be better people. Right. Um, and actually, you know what? I got to give a little credit to, I'll give a little credit to Melissa because she does find the money later and she doesn't just right. abscond doesn't with it, which is what I True. totally expected to happen. Yeah, me yep. too. Me too. Not only she, doesn't she steal it, but she also pays back Jane at the end of the film too, of all the money that she owed. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, I gotta give her some credit there. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because I thought, like you said, Mike, the moment she found the money, um, they were, she was just gonna steal it all. But I did think it was funny that she got to, she tried to trick her into spending it on her, and then got right. unreasonably pissed off when she didn't. Right. Oh, guess how they? Um, this director's commentary has some interesting tidbits. Like, for example, when the dog. Stalet finds the money and begins mm. to pull it out and to chew it. Um, they got the dog to do that because they put peanut butter inside the, the money. Huh. And so that's how it worked. Yeah, there's little, little cheap indie film ways to do things, and, and they work really well. It's pretty pretty interesting commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm pretty sure if this was a big budget film, do you know how they would have done it? To, they yeah, probably would have put, put peanut butter. They just would have used a, a better name brand. Right, right, right. They would have used Teddy Bear or Skippy instead of the. Or chip. they would have used one of the five stunt dogs. <laughs> right, the stunt dogs exactly. Yeah, they could have afforded uh, a larger dog. Um, <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you one thing. Sean Baker definitely did say that uh, he's glad he doesn't have to make independent films anymore because he says it is really gets to you after a while when you don't have the money for the vision you want. And so he, 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 he like, Florida Project was so much better, basically, because he actually got money. Not not a huge money, but a lot more money than, than, say, this film here. I just saw, I didn't realize a thing on, was it the Independent Spirit Awards? Like, the Independent Film Awards? And the yeah, budget that's, that's cutoff, the one that, that started. The budget cutoff for that is $22 million. That's I mean, I understand, I understand that technically... An indie film means you're not produced in the studio system. Right. Um, technically, George Lucas is an indie filmmaker. Right. Um, but that, that, is, that is missing the whole point of <laughs> to me. Yeah, I, That's I missing agree. the point of the Independent Spirit Awards. You know, yeah, if you're... I would I, agree with that. I'm not saying uh, you have this... to spend $10,000 or something, but, oh, God. A tw- <laughs> you're, you're, right. you're competing with some, somebody... Spent five grand and so you know to make prime eight grand, right? It was primer. 
you know, and someone else is spending twenty two yeah, right, grand, right, right. uh, twenty two yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Oh, right. right. I, it just it seems totally well, unfair that, to me. Right. Well, and that's what style it was. Style it was like like a primer, you know, a film that cost not much at all to make. And you're right, it's competing against some quote unquote indie film that cost twenty two million. You know, and it still won. So that that's pretty impressive. Um. So let me see. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, Eric's pessimism of humanity is is very fair. Um, we, we, you know, I mean, Eric, all you have to do is is look on social media and what they call what I call pundancy, and and most people would call news, and just anywhere, you know, just people in general. And and yeah, they they it's 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 bad out there. People are are rotten. However, that doesn't mean we have to be rotten, and when I say we, we mean I'm also including the lead characters in the film. Even if they are flawed, even if they do things that we wouldn't do, or things that we would look at sideways at, it still doesn't mean that we should just throw up our hands and say, oh, "People, fuck it, who cares?" And I think these characters of Jane and Sadie. One, Jane is like you said, like a little stunted, a little um, unaware of how how to act with people generally. And Sadie, who's just a bitter person because of things that have happened to her, from you know losing her husband um, at the age of fifty-one. He, he because uh, you know when we see his his gravestone, he was only fifty-one years old, which is basically our age, Mike. And then um, there's another uh, big reveal. Um, and how she I want to talk about else. that. Yeah, and then of course, just being harassed by um, lawyers and whatnot. Um, f- you know, from the you know the the, the town, the, the city. So it, you know, and you just become bitter, and you get angry, and you get you say you know f you and stuff. However, that doesn't mean that she's throwing up her hands and saying everything is is shit. She's she slowly finds this woman Jane that is warming up to her for whatever reasons that you know she doesn't know why, and she eventually accepts it because she discovers after she maces Jane, thinking Jane as as you know we've we've discussed may be a stalker or some why is this woman always following me or whatever. After she maces. Jane and Jane's out of her life. She suddenly finds out that you know what, my life was a lot better when Jane was in my life, and and she decides to call Jane and bring her back. Now, you're going to say something, Eric, about the other reveal, the the ending reveal, I guess. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadie Bitter person. So, uh, yeah the the very last shot of the movie is is of the gravestones, and I wasn't paying close enough attention. Was was did okay let me rewind earlier in the movie didn't she state that she had no children yes she did okay so she lied about that yes, so everybody in this movie's a liar yes. um <laughs> so, well she could it's uh, not anybody's business technically i guess uh, it's still uh not true incorrect statement lie um anyway that wasn't where i was going with this um, did I, I didn't notice was the date of death or rather the year of death. 
right. the same for the husband and the daughter? No. I think it was two years uh, no, older. Okay. It was 69 for the daughter smart. and I, I got the 71 right for the husband? I, what? Yeah, the, the daughter was 69 and the, the husband was 71. Right. And the husband was 51 years old. And the and daughter was 18, right? The daughter was 18. Okay. Yeah, so, right. so there's another reveal. And the, and the big reveal at the end of the film uh, is we find out that Sadie had a daughter that died at the age of 18. And and that's the reason why they chose a cemetery. Uh, Sean Baker chose that cemetery because it was all flat stones. Mm-hmm. So they want, he, he wanted everything flat so you couldn't, you know, it, it, so the reveal would, right. be, would be bigger when when uh, Jane walks over and sees the, the, the graves. Um and so basically, at that point, I think that's where Jane suddenly thinks, understands why Sadie was an, a sad person, but also understands why she, meaning Sadie, has taken a liking to right. Jane. And Jane so now she has a, she has a new daughter now. Right, right, right. Yeah. And 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 Sadie is. Has her do that? Has her put the flower? I think so that she can see. Actually, yeah, intentionally, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every time they go to the cemetery, Sadie goes alone to the grave, and uh, Jane waits in the car with Stalit. Um And so it's only at the very end that Sadie says, "Could you bring the, the flower to the my husband's grave?" Because mm-hmm. I'm, you know because I'm too slow because we got to make it to the airport because they're going to go to Paris. And that, and I, it was more intentional. Like you said, Mike, yeah. So she would finally figure it out without actually having to say, I lost them, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's a, that's a, uh, you know, that's a, a moment that is a tear, you know, brings a tear to your eye in a sense. At least it did to me. Yeah, not me. Yeah, obviously not you. <laughs> I was just like, oh, thank God this is over. <laughs> well, I see, I wasn't sure at first where they were going with this because, and I guess that's that's a little bit of my issue with the film, uh, um, is it wasn't to me an emotional gut punch because I was trying to figure it out because I was waiting after uh, Melissa went and dropped the truth bombshell on Sadie. Right. Mm-hmm. We were I was to waiting see what the impact of that was going to be. Right, and there ended up being no real impact, and I don't mind that. Yeah, because I don't think Sadie gave a rat's ass at that point. Right, and I don't mind that. I just didn't know that that was because you know Sadie's up to something, right? Right. Uh, oh no, I want to stop. We'll just stop because she unpacks and she repacks and. It, and I wasn't expecting, you know, this isn't I, since this is not a dark discussions podcast. <laughs> you know, I was not expecting her to, you know, to uh, take Janie back to the apartment and put her as the middle piece in a human centipede. Yeah. Um, that but awful. I felt like she, <laughs> I felt like she was she was going to do something. You know, there there was some there was going to be some fallout. And it was just such a quiet ending. I was still trying to figure out what was happening when it ended. Mm-hmm. And it like took me a few minutes to go, oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. So I guess this is how it ends. Yeah. And it, oh, that's so, why. So, right, right, right. I see. So instead yeah, so of that's so why the having, impact didn't hit you. Right. Yeah, I was not expecting it to end when it ended. It was right. just. Right. See, I, it, for me, um, I 
didn't expect that reveal at the end with the gravestone of the daughter. But it hit me hard because at that point, especially since Sadie said she was still going to Paris, and also Sadie kind of at that point knew that Melissa was a fuck-up anyway, based off of her first meeting with Melissa earlier right, in the film. Right. Please must in the backseat of the car. Right, right. And, and, and to be honest, she already had maced Jane in the past, and Jane still came back, and Jane was still treating her with 100 dignity and respect that any human being would want. Why would she want to ruin that? Especially when she didn't even need the money, like you said, Mike. And Jane was was buying the tickets and, you know, the whole trip anyway. You, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think yeah. there wasn't going to be a fallout. I, I just felt that Jane, I mean, Sadie at that point, wasn't going to let anything ruin her new relationship with her, quote-unquote, surrogate daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, she was still resistant, though, and I, I thought I thought actually one of one of the best scenes in the movie is when she shows up at the bingo hall with a plan to go to Paris, and Sadie's like com- completely against it. So she makes this this bet with her and tries to be all clever. Says if I win a bingo, then you have to go, and then goes and buys as many cards as she possibly is that will allow her to, and is sitting there with like a hundred bingo cards, dancing around with her marker, and Sadie gets bingo. That was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so basically the, the, the deal was Sadie said, I ain't going to Paris. And she, Dree, I mean, Jane, basically says, if I win bingo, you're going. And, of course, the odds that that's going to happen is, is low anyway. Uh, but I wasn't expecting her to buy all the cards. And they say, all right, maybe she will win, but she didn't because she wasn't quick enough and, and Sadie wins. But I think that was an empty threat by Sadie. Anyway, that, you know what I'm saying? I think she was going to, she wanted, she was leaning to go in after. You think so? I don't, well, I, I don't think she, she wanted to. And she thought not because she didn't want to go or because Jane, she didn't like, because at that point she pretty much liked Jane. Uh, I think she, was honest, which is, I'm too old, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is crazy, um, you know, it's too far away, whatever. But after, you know, seeing what Jane did trying to win that bet, because she really wanted to bring Sadie to the city of Sadie's, you know, you know, dreams, I guess, you know, you know, the place that she always wanted to visit. I think Sadie inside the, the, the light, you know, the, the, the little match lit up inside her and she really did want to go because she knew it would be fun and it would be with her quote unquote surrogate daughter in a sense. And that was worth more than the pain and hassle of being an 87 year old woman trying to travel at that age. At least that's not what I thought. Hmm. You're thinking that, what do you think? Eric? Because you, she eventually did agree to go, right? So what do you, what do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm thinking if, if Jane had walked out the door without buying those bingo cards, she would not have called her and said that she changed her mind. You, you think she wouldn't have gone? If, if Jane gave up, she wouldn't have gone, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. What about you, Mike? I would agree with that, Eric. 
Yeah, I'd agree. Um, it was the effort that that it was. The effort was a big part of it. Uh, and right. then the fact that you won, right? Because I'm sorry, she finally won freaking bingo. It's going to put her in a good mood, and that's going to kind of change your outlook on a lot right. of different things. Exactly. Especially in that moment. Suddenly she goes, yeah, let's go. This is great. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because when, when something good happens to you, whether it's, it's trivial or... A, you lose bigger, control of logic and think life can be good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you want to be a pessimist, you're absolutely right. If you Realist. want to be someone that's... A re- all right, fair enough. Realist, that, that's that's fair. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if if a little uh, anxiety is replaced with adrenaline of happiness, then yes, your outlook changes and things look more bright. And at that moment, she just won, and she has her quote unquote daughter in front of her, saying, "We're going to go to Paris. We're going to go to Paris, and it's the city you always wanted to visit." I think, yeah, she she was all in at that point. So I think you're right, Mike. I think I think winning the game was was as good as if Jane had won the game. Well, and I do think there is a certain resolution when you get to a certain age. Is you it resolve. 1080p? The, what's that? Is it 1080p? No, more like 360. Oh. Okay. I. Uh, <laughs> where you don't, uh, you, you just get resolved to, I'm not going to ever do this. Everything is, is more of a pain. You know, she recognizes her age. Right. Uh, um, yep. And like, I'm talking about the friend who, hit two pedestrians because she was driving down the, the sidewalk yeah. for two miles and yeah, she noticed. Yeah, she, yeah, she mentioned that. Yeah. So she's not like, oh, God, my, my my poor mother. My father drove down from upstate New York down to City Island to see his friend be, uh, a couple of days before his friend passed. My father drove the car. My father could barely walk. I drove my father for the last time about a year and a half ago. It was a fucking experience. I can't imagine, and this was, that was on a rural road, and he was cursing at people for speeding down the road, you know, where he was going half the speed limit, which was the problem. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what, you know, my, that, that's what my mother was like. Yeah. My father just was, did not have that awareness. She at least had the self-awareness to say, I'm too old to drive. Right, right. You know, I, it's not safe for me. A to lot do. of older folks do not have that self-awareness. Right. And she does. Right. But they do right. have well, a self-awareness. Well, it's not even self-awareness. It's just, just you don't want to give up the independence of able to go anywhere anytime. Right. But there's a lot of older people who are who do, who would, at least in other areas, they recognize I'm too old for this shit. You know, the, the Danny Glover line, I'm too old for this, I'm too old for that. And no, she's not. Right? She, she, she kind of says, you know what, fuck it, I can have some fun. Why, why am I going to waste... Why am I going to waste the last days of my life? Which, in the case of the actress, were, were literally the last days of her life. Um, you know, if if Sadie lived as long true. as the actress did. Um, yeah, true, true. 
why not take that opportunity and why not go with this one this this, this nice young girl who isn't the greatest thing ever? I'll concede that to Eric. You know, I think we're all there. But she's trying, and she's trying to be a, a, as you know the best person that she could be, or a better person than what she was. And maybe you know that's that's kind of why people seek each other out. You know, is that the world is a tough and terrible place, and it sucks to go through it alone. There you go. There's some rational thinking. Right. Well, well, and 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 that's 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 that. Well, that's that's the the thing, Eric, is that you could argue that C and Jane are acting rationally because they're trying to be better people and good people. Because that would be what. Well, you see, but Mike's thought was be like if we acted rationally. See, Mike's thought was incomplete, but he said, life is hard and it sucks to go through it alone. He left off the part where it's worse if you have to deal with other people. <laughs> Depends on the other people. <laughs> yeah, and that's the key. It depends on the, Absolutely. Jane saw something there in Sadie, and Sadie eventually saw something there in Jane that made it worth the effort. So now we have not discussed Jane's profession yet. Well, before we get so, to sure. we I, I we didn't talk about the the rodent. And the <laughs> thing that really triggers the mean, the, the breakup the, in the relationship. You mean the nice dog? The, the, the rodent, the, yeah. the, the giant rat. Yeah. Was that she babysits <laughs> I still don't understand these 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 little dog charts. These are just horrendous. It's been eight she years. Get it by now. So she so she has to babysit Starlet, who is a boy. Uh, anyway, she has to. Be, she's like officer babysitter or, is, or is, has baby and loses the dog. And then right. Finds the dog. Right. But this is actually what stim what what stimulates the breakup between them. Right. And well, why? And, and- and Jane is totally confused because she does not understand what the hell is going on. Because right. Sadie doesn't tell her. She doesn't tell her, hey, I, 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 I'm not capable of even watching your dog. And it scares me. Uh, she well, just see, says, go away and don't come back. Well, I think it's, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's that issue, I think. See, like, if the daughter died when she was, like, five, you know, that I could see that. I think it's that she can't handle the, the you know, the you know handle losing somebody. Mm. She lost her, oh, hu- her husband one, right? and her daughter, and her daughter at eighteen. You really got to wonder: was it like the Manson family? I mean, what what was it that cost her daughter her life? Right. Was it suicide? Could it have been suicide right. on both their counts? I don't it think could it could have been. Any, um, it could have been suicide. No, it could have been car accidents. It could have been, 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 been cancer. Some from column A, some from Right, right. Yeah, I mean, but I, don't, I mean, on, I honestly, I, I don't. Whatever the reason, she the the girl passed away. Doesn't take it back the fact that you lost your your child, right? I mean, in the right, Lord of she, the Rings, uh, King Theoden says one of the best lines ever in, in film, in my opinion, which is, "You should never have to bury." Your child. 
And uh, you just because quoted you're, Lord, because Lord of the Rings. You're, you're still sticking to the you're not a nerd story. That's just... Not a criticism. Uh, you know, I embraced that long, long time ago. Um, no, my... Uh, I think she's she has walled herself off for 41 years because she can't. Yep. She's afraid of losing anybody, mm. and she's she's right. she opened herself up. And I don't know if she's afraid of losing Starlet, you know, or so or or the pain of losing as much as that she's afraid of losing Janie if she does lose Starlet. Right, right, because you lost. Right. Might yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you have someone take care of your dog, they're being nice to do it. But if you let that dog run out the door and it gets run over by a car, that person's going to be devastated, and they'll kind of right. blame you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like a couple of years ago. Dan was really Dan often looks after my cats when I'm away, and uh, Christmas two years ago. He was a little nervous uh, and actually ended up being relieved when I actually had to put my cat Piper to sleep before I left town for Christmas Um, because he was afraid that she was going to die while he was taking care of her. And honestly, that's like had had I not had things not come to a head before that, that's exactly what would have happened. And I knew enough about what was going on that I would not have blamed him. But still, in that situation, yeah, you can totally see somebody getting blaming somebody looking after their pet for their escape or demise. Right. Right. As Angela blamed Dwight. Oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> I just, I just rewatched that episode a couple of days. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. It just took me a second to get back there for the 17th time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It's Dwight. It's the cat's still alive, and, and Dwight puts it in the freezer, and it and it dies in the freezer. So, anyway, um, have, so, I, have I told uh, you a story on the podcast about when I put my wife's cat down? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, because we've been married a couple of years, and I think two years, and we had and you know take the cat to the vet, and they find uh, tumors, uh, mm. and it's. Well, you know, Bad. we could spend two thousand dollars to mm-hmm. find out it's, and there's a small chance that maybe we could save the cat's life, but most likely mm-hmm. we're just going to find we're putting it out on misery anyway. Right. So I call, so I can't call my wife and explain the situation. She says, "Well, we got to do what we got to do." <laughs> and you said, and that is, <laughs> well, you do you do what you have to. And that is, and, that, and, that, and I was, and on the one hand, I just wanted to say, put the cat to sleep, uh-huh. or don't, because either way, I was having a real risk. I was four quadrants here, four possibilities, <laughs> and two of them end very, very badly. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, all of them end, end badly, uh, but two of them end, ended, you know, worse for me because. Not only does it make my wife upset, it makes her upset at me. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that's yeah, that was not a responsibility I was happy with. <laughs> wow, yeah, this sorry. conversation took a dark right. turn. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 and and that's that's honestly what what, what happened to to 
um, Sadie. Sadie is taking care of this dog. She's having fun with the dog out in the garden, and then the dog's hanging out with her. And then the dog, for some reason, walks away. Maybe saw something and disappears. And then here's this this old woman, eighty seven year old woman, who who suddenly like, oh my god, I just lost my the dog. Yeah. The dog of of the the one person that I quote unquote love, and. <laughs> I got to go and find it. And, and here she is all day, like four or five hours searching for the dog, trying to asking people, random people, do you, have you seen this dog? Have you seen the dog? <laughs> and we don't know how or what happens. Um, actually, um, Sean Baker in the commentary said that they actually had a scene where, where uh, and filmed it where the dog, they had fall in the, in the into a river and, and Sadie has to go down this ditch and get the dog out of the river. Oh no! And they just, yeah. So they decided to cut all that out because they wanted to make it ambiguous and just show, like uh-huh. you said, Eric, the stress of of this woman losing a loved animal of a person that she loves, and mm-hmm. how that would affect in the stress of of basically people have. In other words, like they always say, where human weaknesses are the number one human weakness is, is the things that you love. And so if you, if you don't love any humans or any animals, then you have nothing to lose except for, you know, property or whatever. But if, if you have things that that you love and those things die or get hurt or whatever, you are devastated. And if you if they didn't exist in your life, it, you would never get devastated. So in other words, if you don't have kids or you don't have pets or you don't have parents around, then there's nothing to worry about except right. yourself. And so they wanted to make it more ambiguous to show that it was Sadie was more worried about that than an actual. Um, they felt that the audience would probably maybe be mistaken that she was like, Oh my God, I almost killed the dog rather than the fact that what the intent of the whole scene was, is what Mike said, which is losing, um, the animal of someone that supposedly loves you. And then they get pissed at you. And then this is too stressful because I just fucked everything up and I got to get you out of my life because I can't have you because these emotions are are just too strong Mm -hmm. to, make me feel i guess relaxed yeah now I, I guess we can talk about why she was watching the dog this is where we we get the big reveal right oh well no no we actually already learned a big reveal a, a couple a couple couple of scenes earlier that was a while ago yeah but, like from the first part of the movie i was trying to figure out where like i figured that mikey was a drug dealer uh because you see the roommate what's her name melissa yeah. um you see her doing drugs so you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, Mikey's, but it's just, Mikey's a drug dealer, and that's pot. how they get their money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can back in those days, pot you could still make money on. I guess yeah, when it was wasn't legal. Okay. Uh, I enough. was thinking pills because that's what Melissa was taking. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns out these people are all involved in the porn industry. Um, and the reason Melissa's life gets so fucked up is that she shows up to a shoot wasted and can't perform. And so she gets blacklisted. Um, and the agency she's been working with through Mikey doesn't, doesn't want to offer her any jobs until she gets her shit together. Um, and so we see that Jane also works for that, for that same place. 
Um, and there, and, and it was really kind of weird. I'm, I'm curious as to what you two think this, cause like to me, this is all just completely irrelevant to the story being told here. Uh, do, do you think there's some significance to Jane's profession, uh, in, in her relationship with Sadie, or do you think it's just like a, a weird thing he decided to have in the movie? Well, I'll, I I'll think tell it's you interesting. What, what, what I got from. Be- oh, go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll tell you. I what think it's interesting that, that he that he it. says it because if this is the first thing you find out, I'm going out on a limb here. Um, if this is the first thing you find out about this character, and in most movies it probably would be. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to change how people see the character. Right, because uh, people are judgmental. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, right. And, and John Baker think, agreed that that was partly why they they showed that at the hour mark instead of at the beginning, because they wanted right. you to be invested with the character without being prejudiced. Right, and then actually, I think by doing it backwards, they force the audience maybe to more reevaluate their opinion of people who work in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's true too. Yeah, I mean the 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 uh, one point of the film and the screenwriters, which was co-written by Sean Baker, was to show that sex workers are human beings too. Right. There's the one scene though, where they're at the like a, a porn convention, and the X Expo. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Dan and I were commenting. That's a real. About, that was a real porn convention. Oh, I, I believe it. Uh, they happen. Uh, and Dan and I were commenting on what, like, they were showing Jane at her table, like, signing autographs and taking pictures with people. And we were just like, man, that's got to be weird. Like, like being there and having people come out going, yeah, hi, I'm a big fan. Love watching you have sex with other people. That's just got to be a strange thing. Well. That's that's interesting that you say that too because uh, uh you know Sean Baker and and the whole commentary because they, they had a bunch of people a cinematographer and and producers and and the costume designer and all that and um yeah a lot of the the one person that really felt that it was weird was Ransone mm-hmm. uh, Mikey's that actor that felt it was like just all strange um, uh-huh. but everybody else was believe it or not they were like more like um thought it was just like an expo like you know a comic con or something like that where right 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 you know and and yeah i mean it was it's just curious it's cuz that that you're right it, is it weird that people are fans of adult entertainers when I mean the the joke the joke is is that everybody who says they don't watch porn, um, you know that they're they're lying to you, and whether that's true or not, I I could see a large percentage. Uh, I mean, what porn hub is supposed to be the biggest grossing website on the planet? So so it, it it's huge. Yeah, so it is huge. So the question is, some people are just willing to come out of the closet, so to speak. And don't care that they are known to have watched this girl's video, for example. And so, to them, I guess it's no different than 
the performer who just says, oh, it's just sex. It's, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so in other words, there's that red line in the sand of what's considered bad or unclean or weird or whatever. And the question that, that's true. I just, I, I, I can't put myself in the position of a sex worker, I suppose. Um, right. That would be really weird for me to, yeah. Dude, and, and you, <laughs> and you, aren't you, aren't you, but, but you're the sexy bald man. That I am the sexy bald man, but I've never performed on film. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> no, but I, I, I well, just thought it was interesting. And, and also, I have to imagine that, like, just as any other convention, uh, sometimes there there are there are people that behave inappropriately. Um, sure. you got to wonder if there's, like, people that show up with these things just figuring if they show up they'll get to have sex with these people. Um, I imagine well, well, that's a Mike, problem sometimes. Well, Mike did make a good point about, about uh, how, when we were talking about satanic panic, that movie, and Mike mentioned that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the pizza girl is more apt to get a better tip than the pizza guy, mm-hmm. because just the thought that there's a girl there that you, that, and Oh, there's a girl, even though they know they're never going to have sex with her just because it's a girl. They th- they think they could, and so they're mm-hmm. willing to give a few extra bucks. So you're right. There's going to be a lot of folks like that that will go to a convention like that. I would assume. I imagine uh, that there needs to be a significant security force available, just in case. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and oddly, um, I think he said that someone on the on the the thing said that the yeah oh it was the guy that played the pawn producer the the mm-hmm. Arab guy who's was actually a a. Armenian American, but he plays an Arab in the film. Um, he actually said that the security is pretty solid there. He would be able to. He went outside to smoke a lot, uh-huh. and there would be security guards there. And then one of his friends on the crew came out, and they they said, "Hey, you can't come out here. What are you doing?" Because you know they're worried about people sneaking in. Yeah. yeah. And and then he asked the the, Arab, the the guy to put the Arab. He goes, "Why can I do?" Uh, no, his friend says the guy, the cameraman goes, why, "Why can't he come out and smoke and I can't?" He goes, "Well, he's important. He's a pawn. Uh, he, he's a director. He's, he's a producer. He has a right to." <laughs> and, and so the thing was, is that 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 yeah. So they they do hold the doors, but generally the they do that pretty much at water conventions anyway. You know, horror convention and all that too. So the the security is is strong. And oddly, at the same time that this convention was happening, in another wing of this convention hall, there was a pot convention, too. So there was a more security than you would expect anyway, uh, okay. uh-huh. is what he said. Um, but he said that generally the people that were there, um, oddly, were were well-behaved. There wasn't well, I don't know if it's oddly, but well, yeah, like the interactions they were showing, I imagine they were just like kind of chilling well, said, and shooting I'm, real interactions I'm at the table. The word yeah, yeah. Oh, those were those were real interactions at the table. Yeah, that's Basically what, I, what, that's what I figured. And then those people yeah. were being perfectly pleasant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they what had happened was they went undercover, and since both Maeve. Um, the actresses, the two lead actresses, uh, Dree Hemingway and uh, Maeve, uh, Stella Maeve, weren't well-known figures at that time. They're, they, people actually thought they were adult actresses. And so they set up tables 
with permission from some company that they were that were letting them uh, use the table, and those were real people asking for autographs and getting pictures and all that, and they pretend so. Dree and Stella actually pretended they were porn actresses, and what happened was is that the posters that they signed the people would walk away with the posters and they would have to, the crew would have to go back and get the posters from them because they only made like three. So it wasn't like they had like a stack of them. <laughs> and so those people wanted to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. They said that they said the hottest part of the whole convention thing was telling the people that please, could we have our poster back? Because you're right. It's like, they just got this autograph. They're walking away and, they, and then they say, yeah, it's, it's not real. I'd yeah, be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so um uh but but they all got um then of course they got signatures that they could you know keep film the people and all that stuff but mm-hmm. but um um yeah so those were actual interactions and it was kind of interesting to be honest um and stella Maeve, she actually worked uh hung out with a lot of the, the extras in the film who were actually um adult actresses uh, so, so the well, woman that, one that of we as a Kira was in the movie. Yes, yeah, exactly. She was, she was, uh, she actually the point, guy that known porn star. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she would be considered uh, semi mainstream, I guess. Um, yeah, so no she idea. was brought in by. The, she was the Asian chick that was telling the joke. Outside when they were out hanging out after the, the oh, scene. Okay. they couldn't get the joke right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess she's good friends with the male adult film actor that was in the film, and that's how he, he brought her into into the film because they asked him. Basically, what happened is they went to the the HIV clinic, which we see at the beginning, but we just assume it's just a a regular um, medical thing. And so that was like a, a hint that of what her profession was, because I guess they have to do a monthly HIV test if you're in that profession. Yeah, I guess, and that's what they said on the commentary. And the girl that was in the waiting room with her, with Tree, was actually her stunt double, who actually did the the sex scene in the film. Okay. So that was her. That was her. Um, her cameo, besides the, the the scene itself. And um, when they were there filming that. <laughs> It reminds me of Orgasmo. Stunt cock! <laughs> you, neither of you have seen that movie? Seen oh, I man. know of it. I've never actually watched it. <laughs> so, um, so when they were in there filming, that's when they met the male porn star or, or adult actor. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, they I chased him out into the parking lot. porn star is a derogatory term. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, this they asked him to be in the film and and he was the and that's how they met got him in and then that then he helped them bring in all the the extras and that's that's how they they filled it in mm-hmm. and they decided they they wanted real uh, adult film stars rather than people that, that pretended to be because they wanted um to humanize these people mm-hmm but and that was back to my of, initial my question, standard. which is that, do you think yeah. that the fact that Jane worked in porn had any significance in in relation to her relationship with Sadie? No. And, and okay. it, no, it, it was really, 
the film was really trying to do two things, which is humanize sex workers and also do the the main story as well. Okay. So um, just a, they a, were going to have one. It was just color. Then. Well, I, I guess it was color, but not really. It was more to make another point, too. In, in other words, not just have uh, a positive story of two people from different generations connect w- who needed it. But they also wanted a side story, which was to humanize uh, sex workers. Hmm. Okay. So it was more than just color. It was. It was also. It's a weird combination. Well, yeah, and 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 that's the thing that makes the movie somewhat unique because you find out that you know, like Jane or Tess, as her her pawn name is, is 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 a real human being. You know, she's just not this sex goddess or whore depending on your perspective, she's just a human being and putting her in that situation of this regular everyday story is kind of unique. And in some ways amazing in a sense, because it makes their point, which is adult, not adult, I'm sorry, sex workers in general. They better be adult. (laughs) People. Well, she was holding up the ID and everything. People, people are people with feelings as like anybody else. And, well, and, and okay, fair enough. I just I know. already knew that. <laughs> oh well, but that's the point Mike made, which was, and and Sean Baker did too, which is they intentionally hid her job right into the film because they wanted to show you that she was a human being, rather than have you already prejudiced to say, oh, she's a whore or a sex goddess. Mm-hmm. It just does add, like, if she's a waitress, um, right, or uh, a secretary, or working in a temp agency, um, it's. I don't think it's that interesting a movie. Um, in, in comparison, I think it was that interesting a movie anyway. <laughs> well, it depends well, on I'm your, if you like the genre. Well, it's not that I like the genre because I, it's, I really don't know much about it i just think it's something i haven't seen before right well that, that, that's uh, true well i, I, I mean uh, in fairness i do know todd starooch i'll be going to his toy drive next uh, weekend and uh, he works for uh he's one of the representatives for scares that care uh and he apparently attends these expos frequently <laughs> <laughs> he's frequently okay. got pictures of himself with porn stars uh, or what, who I assume are porn stars on Facebook just as you know so he does yeah. the horror he does like every well, couple of weeks either doing a horror convention or the 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 triple expo um, and I think that's right. cool well, that, he, that, they he's, over, that they he's comfortable overlap. throwing that out what? sometimes they overlap oddly because a lot of extras in horror films are like strippers or, or porn stars. Um, Bob, Joe Bob Briggs's male girl, Darcy is, is a, is an adult actress, film actress. So, so they, you know, so it kind of doesn't surprise me. So, but he, yeah, a lot of times public. A lot of times actresses who are doing porn 
will want to go quote unquote legit. And often the first opportunity they will have for a quote unquote legit part will be in a low budget horror film. Exactly. And then and, they and Mike, really you have a good point. But Mike, you have a good point though, that that guy who I met, he's a good guy. Um, he is one of those people that would go to con those adult film expos and have actresses sign autographs and take selfies with them and all that other stuff. So that kind of is kind of answers your question too, right? Eric, where, where you, you know, who would, it is interesting that people would go up and say, this is a, a, a guy that's an example that does that. As you said, Mike, right? You said he'd go yeah. he'd post photo with him. Yeah. And he's, he's as normal guy as you get. Or he seems like it. More or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. another bold guy though. Uh, we do like our porn. There you go. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So it it was interesting. Um, but you're right. It's it's really not significant to their relationship. Though there was one scene originally that they were considering where that she was going to find out. Sadie would know, or, or they would she would confront her, and they decided to just let it go um, because, like you said. I thought that's where it was going. Yeah. But you know what? I think Sadie, if she does find out at that point, I don't think she would really care. Because, first of all, she's too old to worry about something stupid like that. And why do I care when I'm friends with this person at this point? You know? Mm-hmm. But that's just my guess. You know, I mean, you may, maybe she, she would go, oh, my God, that's disgusting. Get the hell out of my house. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? At the uh, same time, yeah. her, her husband was a professional gambler, so I sure. imagine there were some stories. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So, yeah, and, and not that the that gamblers are necessarily, uh, you know, in the same league as, but you could argue that, you know, that's... that's no, gamblers end up in Vegas, uh, and, and you know about Vegas. A, well, but yeah, my point was is that, that yeah, it's, it's a vice profession, you could argue, just as the adult film industry, film industry is a vice profession as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe she would be more understanding. Right. It's not like her, her husband was some engineer or, or, or something <laughs> right. that, yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, Dree, not Dree, I mean, uh, Jane slash Tess was well liked in her profession. They, they, you know, she wasn't a problem child as, like Melissa slash Zana was. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Didn't I get, and, and I, I, the, uh, the boss, the manager, whatever yeah. he is, director, yep. producer, yep. he tells, Michelle, he, te- he tells Jane, right. He tells Jane, right. That he has to tell Michelle, like the you know, reminder what, the, what a no compete clause is. You mean yeah, Melissa? Melissa, right. Uh, sorry, Michelle. Melissa. Yeah. Sorry, Michelle. Uh, so uh, she's been making movies with Mikey on the side. Yeah. That's how I took it. No, then, well, no, that's no, no, the no. thing. No, no, no. Uh, here's the, I, that's not how I took it, at least. I okay. took it as Mikey was her quote-unquote manager, and he's been one uh, negotiating the deals with her and that producer guy. He's the one that got the right. contract in place with the no compete clause. Cause later he gets pissed uh, when he finds out that she's been taking other jobs on the side. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that, is that they, 
I mean, I mean, even even people who aren't a follower of the adult industry hear of contract girls, right? I mean, that, that's at least somewhat known. And and some of these companies like Vivid or whatever have their contract girls. And I think that's the thing. I think Stella, or I should say that's the actress name. I'm sorry, Melissa, who's pawn name was Zana Valentine. Mm-hmm. She had one of those contracts clauses and she was a contract girl with his company. Right. And, and technically she broke that contract when she had no right to. And so not only did she screw up, as you said, Eric, where she came on set stoned or whatever, couldn't perform, but she violated her terms and being, someone that that doesn't have a lot of money it wasn't worth suing her so he just basically um cut her out of his company until you know for 30 days basically Mm -hmm. and 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 whatnot so that's what i got out of it well Well, because she was stupid and been giving mikey all her money she didn't have anything which is why she started taking side jobs uh which is why mikey got pissed Right. Well, and that breaks her contract. Were, that breaks her contract, and yeah. therefore uh, takes money out of his pocket. But I was going to say, don't You're we right. see? But don't we see that Jane? I thought isn't she working for the same company? Yeah, she's yeah, working but, with it because she's yeah. But, yeah, but she's also yeah, but, but she's not doing side jobs. Well, she's working at another company too with a different name. Who, no, Jane? Wasn't she? No. no. No, she was Tess Steele. That was her pawn name, and she only worked for Astra's company. Our Astra's company. I thought she was re- referred to as a different name somewhere else too. Okay, maybe. I'll no, her, her real yeah, her real name Jane. That's her real. No, name. I thought there was a third name that was involved. I I don't think so. If oh. if that happened, I missed it. All right, maybe I maybe somebody was talking to somebody else, and I thought they were talking to her then. Possible. No, no, there, there, there was, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what it had to be because it, because it wasn't Jane. Jane. Uh, yeah, see, that was the part to, that was confusing. Too many aliases. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, yeah, that. I mean, when I, the first time I watched the film, Melissa was called Zana. Like almost every other sentence, they used a different name, and I was confused. And then Tess and Jane, I was a little confused too. Because they they finally used a test name when she goes on set when she goes to her job and I'm like what the hell's going on? and then you find out that she's a porn actress and then then you figure out okay then then Zana is the is another name for um, Melissa basically oh she's that Zana oh okay Zana Valentine that's what it said on her poster at, at the, the expo the one that she wasn't allowed to be near. That's right. And then Tara's Tara Jane's name was Tara Steele on her poster, but she was allowed to be there because she isn't a fucker. Right. Well, and that was the other thing is that the the producer was like, "You need to get away from that chick," and he's like, "But I live with her." And he's like, "Live somewhere else," (laughs) because he could see that she was just like spiraling and and was not going in a good direction. He'd seen it before, right? Right. And then Mike. Right, right, right. And then Mikey was devastated when she moves out because that's twelve hundred dollars a month that he loses for rent. Because I, I it must right. be he's the sub let, let it, letting it to her, or he may even own the house. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And so she, once Zana, or, or Melissa, really uh, flips out, is, is completely gone at the end, that's when she calls Arash to, to set her up with a, a place to go. And, uh, and that's where she gets her new uh, residence um, at the end. Um, what else? Uh, any other scenes that we missed that we want to discuss? Oh, what did you guys think about finding out that um, Sadie had never gone to Paris? Because that was kind of a surprise. I kind of, nah, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was like something like she and her husband probably talked about. And then when he passed, it never happened type of thing. Right. Yeah. And it makes sense that a city like that it would be a place. I mean, a lot of people want to go to a lot of places and they've never been. And, and, you know, Paris is as good as any of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's legit. Uh, I've been there, and it uh, lives up to its name. That's for sure. Um, we're not Paris. Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Par- Paris is, is a, a gem city, like like a lot of people think it is. Uh, it does have its crappy sections, like like everywhere else. You know, it has their strip joint sections and all that crap. But this, the the touristy sections are, are definitely um, up to the hype. And um, the food is awesome and all that. And the people aren't rude at all. I mean, they're like New Englanders, you know, or New Yorkers. Where so really, <laughs> really, really, really <laughs> fucking rude. I, say, I don't know if you're making That's the best comparison there, no. Phil. That's not true. No, this is, how New York, this is how it works. In New England and New York, people want to be left alone. However, when someone comes up to you and asks you for directions or you have to ask them for directions, they're as polite as hell. They mm. just... That's that's how Paris is. Paris, everybody just wants to be left alone. Just leave me alone. But if someone stops them, they're very kind and, and friendly. Mm. So it's they're identical to the Northeast of the United States. And that's normal to me. I don't want people smiling and waving and knocking on my door. I'd be thinking they're like freaks. I'd shoot them. But Mason. If, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> If I'm downtown and someone comes up to me and says, oh, excuse me, do you know where, you know, so-and-so's road is? I go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Punch him in the face. No, no, no. We just don't. We, we are what we call um, not jaded, but but um, I don't know what the word Crazy is. Crazy psychopaths? <laughs> well, you're part of the Northeast, Mike. You know what I'm talking about. You, I mean, he does. Are, That's why he said that. Mm. Well, so I, I, well, then maybe maybe New York's different. New England is is we just want to be left alone, but we're polite when we're talked to. Um, and that's how Paris is. I felt. Um, right. Everybody's so I felt, assholes, I felt, Michigan. I felt like I was at home. Plus, everybody loved me because they they found out when they found out my last name was Perrin. They were like, "Oh my God, you're French!" I go, "You're damn right." You're the, damn only, right. the only reason I'm such an asshole is because I've been living in Michigan for over twenty years. Yeah, that can do it to you, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's it the only can. reason. Yep. I, I used to be nice. <laughs> you you loved people at one time. <laughs> I used to give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, 20 years, really? 
Uh, yeah, I guess that in Michigan. Jesus Christ. I got to get you out of there. Jesus. <laughs> it's too late. Save yourself. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Uh, that's funny. Um, let's see. Uh, any other scenes that we wanted to bring up that were on your list that you we haven't talked about or anything that we didn't talk about that you guys want to talk about? Anything? I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. Fair enough. All right. So, um, um, well, there's there's not much house cleaning because really it's just www.darkdiscussions.com, darkdiscussions at aol.com, and the Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. And why are we saying Dark Discussions? Because Cinema a la carte is a spinoff of the Dark Discussions podcast where we decided to talk about uh, films that aren't necessarily uh, genre films, i.e. meaning horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, and such. Um, So uh, we have the spinoff podcast that we discuss other types of films, such as Starlet. Um, But our contact information is still all Dark Discussion stuff. Um, So that's why we say that. Uh, so I guess we can give our final thoughts on this film here. So uh, let's go around and start with uh, the same way we did before, which is a uh, mic. Yeah, look, I, again, it's not uh, something that I normally uh, would watch anymore. Um, but it's not a movie I'm sorry I watched. I think it's well made. I think it's certainly got an audience of people who will want to watch it. Um, certainly if you like art house films uh, and character pieces, this is a this is a good one to check out. And uh, you might want to give it a try. Just, uh, you know, protect your eyes. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Eric? Um, like I said at the beginning, this movie really isn't my my bag, but uh, I, I can appreciate the skill with which it was made. Uh, I don't think I, – I think the performances in the movie are quite good. Um, it's just uh, not my, not my pre- preferred – style of movie um so if you're into a slow burn drama uh check it out yeah very good uh yeah for me uh this is uh one of the best films i've seen in the past 10 years i would say i love this film it's absolutely fantastic um again though i'm biased in the sense that i like uh ann tyler novels and dramas and general literary stuff and for all those folks who know me more from the dark discussions podcast um i had only recently got into genre film again uh when i started that podcast prior to that i was big into um more drama and human interest stories and uh, this really falls into that wheelbarrow and uh, i i thought it was splendid i think tree uh hemingway was absolute delight in this film. She was, was fantastic. And I was absolutely surprised that, um, this didn't make her a starlet, no pun intended. Um, and, um, other folks in the film, uh, as Eric said, were, were really well cast. Stella Maeve, uh, was simply doing, um, um, the type of acting, that uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino are known to do. Um, what type of acting is that called, Mike? Again, um, overacting? No, no, the, no. The type of acting that that when you method to, acting, method acting. That's right. And Sean Baker continuously said that throughout the commentary that uh, Stella Maeve 
uh, was truly a method actor in this film. Um, and, um, was, was, was really good, uh, as well. Uh, but said, Johnson got her dream to be finally an actress at the end of her life, having to gone to Hollywood from the Midwest, uh, to be an actress and never was able to. Um, and, um, the, the film James Ransom, obviously, uh, early role for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a great film. Uh, there's no, there's a reason why Sean Baker is now one of the, the, I guess, um, I guess, uh, yeah, I'll just say best, uh, directors in, in, uh, film today. And, uh, this film surely is a hidden gem. So, uh, folks who are fan of dramas, uh, literary type of work or Sean Baker and haven't seen this film, uh, should definitely go check it out. Uh, and style it, uh, anywhere films can be found. Um, so I guess, uh, that's pretty much, um, that so, so wrapping up the film 2012 sean baker's uh film uh starring um Dree hemingway basetka johnson stella maeve and james ransone as well as boonie uh or boomy uh, the dog uh, playing starlet um uh is uh like i said you find everywhere and i guess that's pretty much wraps it up so uh eric why don't you lead us out all right Thanks for tuning in tonight to listen to us talk about Starlet. Come back next month, maybe? And maybe Phil will publish something? <laughs> ba dum bum